Well, good morning. My name is Joe. I'm the next-gen pastor here, uh, and this is my hot wife, Leah. Hey. <laughs> she didn't know I was going to say that, so yeah. go ahead, turn red. Um, yeah, so the funny thing is I was just, as we were sitting over, I was thinking the last time we were up here, we were getting married together. Uh, it's true. That is, is that weird? I think we got a picture. And it's three months Let's see. today. Aww. Everyone go, aw. Everyone say, she looks beautiful. Oh my gosh. Say, Joe, you look okay. <laughs> I, wow. It's a student pastor in me. Like, I have to interact a little bit. Uh, like Justin said, uh, this is kind of rooted, so we're going to kind of talk a little bit about our story and, so, and, and kind of tie in what we've learned from our story, kind of what we've taken away. Uh, and kind of what we want you guys to take away within that. But one of the greatest stories of all time is how we met. Uh, so I thought Leah would do... Besides Jesus is one. Okay, so, sorry, Justin, don't fire me. Uh, so I thought Leah, Leah does a great job on telling the story from her perspective. My perspective <laughs> Mine's is... Mine's a good side. Yeah, my perspective is way okay. less than that. So my friend gave me no choice but to go on a date. She goes, I'm gonna put you on a blind date with this guy that I volunteer for at church, and you're going. Well, Joe double booked, <laughs> and so he wanted to go to coffee. Not two dates. <laughs> Not two dates, like, okay. no, he went to a wedding. Went it's understood. Wedding. And <laughs> so we had coffee at 9.30 at night. And so he came from a wedding, so he's full out decked in an outfit. He's got a suit, he's got a vest, and without even saying, hi, I'm Joe, or anything, he looks at me and goes, I'll start stripping, you just tell me when to stop. <laughs> because he's like, do you want me to take off my jacket, my vest, but he didn't verbalize it. <laughs> but then we went on a date, and uh, I thought we would be good friends, but here we are now. <laughs> We are. And then we, we did long distance for mm -hmm. uh, about two years. Yep. And then actually it's three months from today. Mm -hmm. Today is our three-month anniversary. And we just remember that in the car ride here. <laughs> We're very sentimental. We're very, very touching. Uh, but yeah, that's just kind of a cool little fact. But um, today we really want to talk about this idea of intentionality. Uh, what that looks like, because as we were talking about both of our stories, as we were looking at the common themes within it, we saw this kind of this word and intentional come up. But as we were talking about it, the more and more we were like, something is not right when we think about this idea of intentional faith, because honestly, both of us at points in our life, we have been super intentional in our faith. But then we also, at the same time of being intentional in our faith, we felt completely empty. We felt like God wasn't there in our life. And I'm sure some of you in this room can relate to that. You read your Bible every day. You, you go to church every week. You maybe even serve, yet maybe it feels like something's missing. And, and I think for both me and Leah, we've been there. And so we kind of want to share that idea and that, that story of what that looked like and how Jesus kind of brought us around a uh, full circle uh, within the midst of that. Because, you know, we've all experienced where everything looks good on the outside. We're doing all the right things, but on the inside, we're just spiritually dead. Or maybe we feel like we're spiritually dead or we're going through a desert. Um, and so I think that's where we're going to start off with today. 
Well, before we even get started, I need prayer, so we're going to pray. <laughs> Um, Dear Lord, just thank you for today and for giving um, Joe and I this opportunity to glorify you with our story, Lord, and just let your words be said today, Lord. Let your spirit be throughout this room and um, guide us in wisdom and in your love. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to start. So before we get to the... Um, everything. We're just going to give some backstory. So I'm originally from Dallas, Texas, and my parents were both Christian when I was born. So I was always um, hearing about the Lord in our house whenever something good would happen. My mom's always like, praise the Lord (laughs) wherever we're at. Um, I have wonderful, wonderful parents. And um, because I heard that name so much, my parents... I had so many questions, so I went to them and was, can you tell me about Jesus? And so that day, we were in our living room, not our living room, our dining room, and I said the prayer at four years old. And my mom loves telling the story. At four years old, sometimes you don't understand if your child even understands, because you're so young, you don't know a bit. So that night, my mom prayed and said, Lord, show me that she understands. And apparently, the next day, I had the address book open and calling people, apologizing, and asking for forgiveness. And so, um, so that was kind of the start, I guess, of my walk. I was saved. And um, then we moved to Green Bay, and um, Green Bay was our family's desert. Um, a lot of hardship happened, um, a lot of brokenness, and it was probably the hardest three years for our family as a whole. Um, but now that you have 2020, you can see all that the Lord's hand was in it, and that was very, very beautiful to see, but it was very hard with our family as a whole. And that is now your turn. <laughs> yeah, I, I grew up in kind of a Catholic church. I kind of feel like it was more like a traditional thing. Um, I grew up because we, we grew up Catholic, and especially in my elementary years, um, you know, I went through the routine. It was all I knew. I was baptized as a baby. I have all the little cloth and the candles and everything. I wouldn't say I was an altar boy or anything like that, but I did the Wednesday night classes. Uh, I had to, you know, I earned the badges I think they have and, and stuff like that. I, I met with the priest and did the whole confession. Yeah, I was mean to my brother. Um, stuff like that. But that's all I understood. Like, that's all I knew. And especially when you're that young, like you're just kind of following in the footsteps. Uh, that was normal. It was just kind of routine. We, we went to church because it made my mom happy. If we really didn't want to go, we cried. Um, and and that, was, that was it. But when I was in sixth grade, I was invited to a different church. And let me tell you, like I didn't realize there was different churches. I didn't realize there was, there was more different type of denominations and, and stuff like that. I didn't know the existence of a youth group. And so I got invited to a youth group when I was in sixth grade and it was like this eye-opening thing. I was embraced by this community. There was adults, adults that attended church that were f- like fun. We did a lot of crazy things like blend up Happy Meals and drink them and, and crazy stuff like that. But at the same time, they talked about Jesus and, and I knew the cross, I knew the Bible, I, I knew of Jesus, I, I knew the steps of the cross and all the stages and all that that I was taught. But I never heard of this like idea of a personal relationship. And so 
I've heard the gospel many, many a times, like growing up. I, I heard that Jesus died for your sins. I, I heard, but I never really understood it and never even clicked. And even when I attended the new church, you know, it took me two or three months of just going there and hearing the message over and over to really finally for Jesus to grab hold of my heart. I remember I was at a giant capture the flag event, of course, and, you know, your middle school is sweet. Um, and I gave my life to Jesus around a bonfire. And it was like that moment where everything kind of changed for me, where everything kind of was flipped upside down. That's why I love uh, student ministry. I love specifically that middle school age because I know the impact that it had on me. And so during that middle school years, I did mission trips. I attended all the camps. I was really involved uh, in that church. And really, I was going to church by myself as like a middle school student. Mom and dad would drop me off and I would go and... uh, it was just kind of like that was that was my life, and it was it was an awesome phase of life. Now high school, um, what a great time! So we moved before high school to Cedarburg, Wisconsin. So we've moved a couple times, and I can't tell you what happened, but my heart hardened. That four-year-old that's calling people up turned out to be the one talking back. Um, so that was just a really hard time for me because I did not want to go to church. I went because my parents didn't really give me an option. (laughs) And um, it became routine. It was hard to even listen about the Lord. And I don't know why. I just was so angry and so hardened. I became very rebellious. I became very hardened towards my parents. You guys are great parents because you love me well. And because I was not lovable. I was very hateful. And so high school was a time of falling into the wrong crowd, not being interested in church. I went to youth group, but not really. I would go there, show face, and then I would leave, go to a friend's house, go to McDonald's to eat, anything besides going to church. It was so hardened. I would say... I'm so sad to see that I knew truth but didn't grasp onto it. Um, so it was a really, I would say, nasty time in my life. <laughs> so during high school, sorry, during high school, I was going down that path. And so my parents, being so loving, <laughs> were saying, while looking at colleges, you can go to a state school, but we will not help you financially. But if you go to a Christian university, we will help you financially. So that was kind of an easy choice. I don't want to pay, like, let's go to a Christian school. So during that time, I chose Grace College in Indiana. Yeah. When I got into high school, I would say I was a typical Christian kid. Uh, and what I mean by that is I wasn't like outgoing. I didn't start the Christian club. I didn't carry my Bible in the hallway and stuff like that. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I was just quiet and I kept to myself. I was still attending church uh, at the youth group. I was really involved, but then I had my other friend group over here, and they did not cross paths. I had my morals. I had my beliefs. All, like My friend group knew what I believed. Uh, the church knew what I believed, and I fell into temptation. I, I did all the things, but I, I think I was a typically good high school kid, uh, but I was just quiet in my faith. I didn't really talk about it. It was just kind of separate. It was kind of like I did my own thing. Um, I really think my my high school years, I just kind of gathered into this routine and went on all the same trips. 
as I did in middle school. I went on all the same camps. I went on the mission trips. I, I did all the same things, which were very life-impacting, but then I did nothing with them in my faith. And I didn't reach out to my friends. I remember uh, my friends growing up, we would sit in his basement and play Halo all the time because it was awesome. Um, and, and we would talk about like theology and belief and I, you know, they would want to debate me and I'm like, yeah, I just don't want to talk about it. I just remember just kind of saying, yeah, they're, they're, just, they're just there and I have my own beliefs and they'll, they'll figure it out one day. And I just didn't really care even though that's what Jesus calls us to do. So I would say high school for me was just a very routine. I had two separate kind of areas of my life. And, and as you hear my story, you kind of see that kind of grow. So college, so my freshman year was great. So I went in with a hardened heart and I wanted to keep it hardened, but the Lord definitely broke it. And probably three weeks into school, I remember falling on my dorm room floor and saying, I can't do this anymore. Like, I need you. And so, Lord, like, I'm rededicating my life to you. And I cannot describe to you, I've never had a hunger like this since, sadly, but I was so hungry to read my Bible to learn more about the Lord. I got a mentor because I don't know how to read the Bible. I needed to learn those skills to understand what I was reading. Got a mentor, had great friends that were pushing me towards the Lord, and I was just on a spiritual high. For that whole year, I went to chapel three times a week. I was learning so much about the Lord. I was taking Bible classes, and I was on a spiritual high, and when you're on those highs, sometimes you don't feel like you can get kicked off. But then I went home for the summer, and I got kicked off the horse. I fell back into old routines. I was back with friends that um, aren't the best. And so I came back my second year of college, and when I stepped on the campus, I felt such oppression. My heart was so, always so sad. And my sophomore year was a season of depression, anxiety. I could not leave my room. I just remember calling my mom, crying on the phone and saying, I'm sad, but I don't know why. And that season was so dark. I felt like if there's a hole, there was no way to get out of the hole. And I thought it was the Lord punishing me for that summer. I thought he was punishing because I didn't stay on that spiritual high with him. And so I'm having a lot of anxiety, depression. I'm starting to have identity problems of who am I? I don't even know who I am anymore. And also not even liking my physical aspect of who I am. And so during this time, I was so intentional with reading my Bible. I still read it every day. I still was going to chapel three times a week. I was still going to Bible classes, but it was so empty. Everything that was there before was gone. And um, I was also an RA, so the girls in my hall were having a lot of problems. So I just felt like I had no sense of what's happening with life. And I had a wonderful friend, um, Corey Shiflett. She is, was a gift to me in college. She came in my room one day, and I was just crying because I didn't know why. I was just so sad and depressed. And... Um, I was reading my Bible, and I said, Psalms 43, 2 is exactly where I'm at, Corey. And that says, my tears have been my food day and night, while people say all day, where is your God? I didn't feel like I had him anymore. 
And she, I remember, I'm, we're on the dorm room floor and she just looks at me and she goes, thank you for being honest with me, but are you being honest with him? And there was a click for me of, I was so scared to tell the Lord I was mad, I was angry, I was depressed, I was anxious, even though he knows. I was scared to tell him because I thought he was going to make my life even harder because I'm, I'm not perfect and he is. And that's not true. Thank God we do not worship a God like that. My lies of who he was were so deep because of the depression too. And so another encouraging thing she said is, David goes through ups and downs with the Lord, and in Psalms 43, he's crying to the Lord. He's in a hard time, but if you go to Psalms 45, he is praising the Lord, and you will get to your Psalms 45. And so I did, after college, I moved to South Carolina, and the Lord created that to be a time of such restoration. That is really where my relationship with the Lord did find peace. And that was such a good time. And during that time in South Carolina, I was called to go into counseling. So I moved to Chicago a year later to get my master's in counseling. And during that time, I met Joe in my second year of grad school. And um, kind of the rest is history. I now am a licensed therapist. Just found out a week ago. Yeah, Monday. (laughs) Finally went through. And so, um, yeah, that's how the Lord worked. Yeah, for me, college was a little bit different, but um, hopefully you'll see kind of the common theme within this. Uh, When I went into college, I wanted to be rich. (laughs) And being a pastor was the perfect career choice. Uh, No, no, I wanted to be rich. And what I mean is I wanted to be successful. I saw people around me uh, making a lot of money, and I was like, I could do that. Like, yeah. And so I went to, like, pursuing business and stuff like that. as I went into college, and I definitely stayed at home, and it was by God's grace that I stayed at home, uh, I started to see the expectations and started to feel the weight of an expectations of a college student. And what I mean is the expectations is to act a certain way, be a certain way, dress a certain way, what you drink a certain way. You know, like you, you had this expectations of a college student. And at the time, uh, I just left the high school group at our church, uh, I wasn't really feeling super involved in that church. And so if you actually go back and listen to a talk that I did back in August on the next generation, I kind of talk about that drop-off rate, that cliff, and, and I was that, that I didn't get plugged back into that church. And so I took a year off, and during that year, freshman year, I started to live up to those college expectations, I started acting a certain way, doing things I weren't doing in high school because the, the pressure to drink, the pressure to, to party, the pressure to be this person um, is way heavier than it was in college and is in high school. And I started to try and live up to that image. And, and there was a point where I was losing that community uh, that I felt at church, so I actually went back to what I knew, and I became a, a high school leader in the youth group. I went back to my mentor and I was like, hey, can I, can I come back and serve within the youth group? I would love to do that. And he let me. So I went back to that community. I went back to that comfort of Jesus because I definitely felt my beliefs and I felt my, my morals starting to slip within that one year where it was kind of like this break of, of not attending uh, church. And so during this time uh, was probably what I like to say is almost like two-faced. 
because I was embracing church. I was seeking Jesus. I was looking for the comfort within Jesus. I did all the right things when I was in the church world. Like I was this role model that was helping students. and I was saying the right things, but at the same time, I was also embracing that college life. I was embracing those expectations. I was, I was accepting those invites into my life. And, and this kind of divide started to happen in my life where like I was embracing both super intentionally. Like I wanted this image, I wanted this, this life. I, you know, not only wanted to have a successful career, but I wanted people to like me. I wanted to be around other college students my age. And I, I started going out to the party and then eventually I turned 21 and a whole new world opened up to me. I'm sure a lot of adults in this room know what I'm talking about. But at the same time, I was still serving because I felt comfort. I, I, I knew it was the right thing in my life. And I remember uh, it was during my junior year in college. It was a rough year for me. It was a really rough year. Uh, there was a lot of things going on. I was junior year in college. It was just really hard for me. A lot of hard classes, accounting, yuck. Um, but not only that, but my sister was diagnosed with cancer. Not that I could do anything about that, but still the weight within the family that you kind of feel that. Uh, I had my heart broken by a girl. Her name wasn't Leah. Uh, and, and in the midst of that, I went into a deep depression uh, to the point where I lost like 50 pounds uh, in six weeks. Like it was bad. And everyone's like, finally, Joe's trying to lose weight. And I was like, and I hit it. You know, I, I was the pro at hiding things in my life. I could hide my depression. I could hide my two lives. I could keep them totally separate from each other. And I remember uh, that summer between junior and senior year, uh, I was 21 and, and we, I was out with, I think, family or friends out at a bar and we came back. And I just remember going outside and that's when the Lord spoke to me. Jesus can speak to you when you're half in the bag. Um, but Jesus spoke to me, and he's like, listen, you can't do this anymore. You have to choose one or the other. And I remember sitting there, and it was like clear as day. It was like, you have two paths. You can take which one you want. Go, go which one you want. And I said, if this Jesus thing is real, if, if this is really he has these promises that you can experience. I want that. I want that community. I, I, I want that for my life. And it was really like a snap switch on and on in my life that I went all in on my faith. And, and in this midst, I was, like I said, I was reading my Bible, I was praying, but I surrounded myself with the right people. I, I got mentors in my life that were saying things, and I became real with myself, what I was doing. And it was just like this weight was taken off. Um, and, and I remember shortly after that, uh, probably beginning of senior year in college, I felt like, hey, you should go into ministry. And so I said, hey, no. Like, <laughs> I want to be rich. Um, yeah, like, hey, no, I'm not going into ministry. Uh, and literally over the span of six months, like Jesus just wrecked my life. He wrecked my plans. And it was probably about six months after that, it was clear as day, like you need to go into ministry. And after that, um, you know, I decided to do it. 
it's definitely a very scary scary moment in my life. But from there, I, I also went to Moody and did seminary uh, for two years. Then I landed a job out in California. Uh, that was a great part of my life. Uh, living two blocks from the beach for a year. It was great. Uh, I was an intern out there in, in Laguna Beach. And then towards the end of my internship, my dad's cancer came back. And in the midst of that, um, it was really, this is a whole side story, but uh, my dad, in the midst of that, from the beginning of when I, you know, wanted to go into ministry, my whole goal was to help my dad come to know Jesus. In the midst of that, he, he gave his life to Jesus, which was really cool. And so I felt called back to home, felt like that was my ministry. Um, and so I moved back home without any plans or any jobs, and, and God ended up uh, connecting uh, a couple things together, ended up working in a gym and finding a connection, ended up getting a job out there uh, within a, a few short months. Um, but I think within the midst of that, like th those t turning points in a lot of, in, in both of our stories, we, we kind of have those moments where it just kind of like snapped. And, and maybe some of you guys can relate to those moments or, or, or maybe not. Uh, but in the midst of those moments that we had, we were both very intentional in our faith. Like we were doing the right thing. I was outwardly doing the right thing. I, we were both going to church. We were, we were serving. We were, she was going to a Christian school, which you think everything should be good. Uh, I was serving in a church and I, I looked great on the outside. We were just very intentional um, in our faith. But what we both kind of discovered in the midst of talking about um, our stories is we weren't authentic. We weren't authentic with ourselves. We weren't authentic with our church. We weren't authentic with other people around us. And, and most importantly, we weren't authentic with God. That we were almost like hiding this life. We were pursuing different things um, within our life. And I think we can all relate to this concept of fake it till you make it. Like, whether you've heard it in the business world or, or maybe even within relationships or marriage or friendships or anything like that, uh, a lot of times we as people are great at faking. We are great at hiding things in our life. And a lot of times we're told, you know, in the midst of that, uh, especially when it comes to our faith, we're told, you know, just read the Bible more, you know, just pray a little bit more, which is all good stuff, good stuff. Um, but when it comes to our relationship uh, with other people and when it comes to our relationship with God, uh, the, the turning point for both of us was being authentic. And I think a lot of times within the church world, uh, we are really good at getting in line. You know, when you go to church, we all stand. When you stand up for worship, everyone stands because that's what everyone else does. And we fall in line with everyone else, you know. We stand. Uh, maybe we don't even know why we're standing, but we stand. And I think the much bigger picture of that is that we go to church every Sunday. We get into this routine and these habits. Um, and, and really, it's because of we fake it into make it. You do all the outward things correctly first, hoping that maybe the inside will change. Maybe if I serve, the inside will change. Maybe if I uh, read my Bible more, the inside will change, which I'm totally saying that that is good stuff. 
But what we were lacking was being authentic. Yeah. I think sometimes we can fall into the patterns to go to church every week, read your Bible every day, pray every day, uh, meet in a small group, get away. And sometimes in the midst of that, we never experience Jesus like what, what both of we've experienced. Yeah, because sometimes when we fall into routine, life sometimes for us becomes stale. Um, and instead of the Lord kind of being our story, um, we become our own story. And we sometimes get in the way with our relationship with the Lord. And let me note something. Routine is not a bad thing. I'm a woman of routine. And as a church, too, coming to church is not a bad thing to come every Sunday. We love here at Fieldstone serving monthly, weekly, whatever that looks like for you. And also, like, small groups, even though they meet every Monday, Tuesday. That's a routine, but that's also a good routine. I think we're saying also in that is um, the intentionality and the aspect of authenticity with the Lord and those people that you're creating relationships with, um, with the Lord. And so what happens is when we're in these routines that are stale, um, we end up not changing. Um, We sometimes fall into old ways of life, and um, sometimes we just get bored. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. Jesus just doesn't become life-giving anymore. Mm -hmm. So as we sat down, one of the common themes was David. We we both resonate with the Psalms because when you read Psalms, and it's not all David who wrote them, but uh, when we look at David's life, man after God's own heart, you know, Saul was a king two feet taller than everyone else, and then they picked David because his insides were different. But one thing we see with David is that he was authentic. Like some of the Psalms, Psalm 22, 1 through 2, it says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night, but I find no rest. And we just... Like, we listen to that and we go, what was David going through? Man. And then we read it and we're like, I can relate. And David's just speaking out to God and he's uh, in this kind of almost anger or, or just anguish. And then we read in 2 Samuel 6, 8, then David became angry because the Lord burst forth against Uzziah, the guy who reached out and touched the ark off the, the carriage and, and the Lord struck him down and killed him and David was angry with the Lord like talk about some emotions like I don't want to be angry with the Lord but it gives us freedom to be authentic with God it gives us freedom to be authentic within the church and I'll be the first to say um, the idea of being authentic Versus being fake, being authentic is way less burdensome. But so often, we, sometimes we walk into church, or we walk into work, we walk into our marriage, and we feel like we have to be fake. We feel like we have to hide something. One verse that uh, really resonated uh, with us was Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. I, I'm reading in the message form. Um, and it says this, Are you tired? worn out, burned out on religion. Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. 
Learn the, unfor- learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. This is what Jesus offers. And this is what we both experienced within our stories. That when you're not authentic, that you with God and with church and with people around you, man, it is heavy. It's a burden, and you can find yourself in some pretty depressing places. And so kind of the thing, the thing between our, life, our stories is choosing to be authentic saved us. Choosing to be authentic saved us. Um, so really, what does authentic look like? What does authentic look like? So that is maybe joining a group where you can be able to be open of where you're at. Um, serving at church and meeting other people through that way and creating relationship. And definitely um, being authentic with the Lord, that was my changing point is when I told the Lord where I was at and didn't hide. And that really, even though things didn't feel like they got better, I will say they did get lighter. And just um, being real with the Lord and people around you. One thing for me was wanting to be obedient to God out of love and not out of fear. When I learned to be obedient out of love and not out of fear of, of hell or fear out of image, um, that, that was a real good application to, to learn to, to give out of love, to learn to serve others truly out of love and not just out of routine and out of something I, I needed to do. Um, this is hard. Like that, that idea of like, oh yeah, we want to be authentic. We, we want to be real with other people. But I'll tell you, it's hard. I struggle with it still. I know Leah struggles with it still. We struggle between and with each other still. Um, but I believe the, the more that we can practice it, the more that we can lean on this idea of being authentic within our faith, within our church as a whole, and when we have struggles, because let me tell you, we all know we're broken. We all have issues in this room. And a lot of times we walk into this room hiding them, covering them up, and we don't want to be like that as a church, and God doesn't want you to be like that. Jesus wants you to come down and lay those things down at his feet. We're going to sing one more song. So Brian and Miriam are going to come up here. But what we ask is everyone in this room has a story. Like, you heard our story. You're like, we're talking about high school. We're talking about middle school. Like, some of you, it's maybe been far long down the road, like Justin, it was so far ago. Um, but uh, like this idea that you have a story, and when you reflect back on your story and you think about what God has done in your life and everything you've learned, the natural response, and the only response is to worship. It should be to glorify God. And that's what we want to do. Uh, We're just going to sing one more song. And I want you to reflect on what Jesus has done in your life and maybe take some of the truths that we, we have set up here and just worship him in the midst of that because that's what we want you guys to do. And that's what we, we hope. And that's as a church, that's what we want you to do. So let's pray and we'll worship. Jesus, you are good and we love you. We thank you for everything that you've done in our lives. Lord, we pray that that we could just be a small part within your story. 
So Lord, we pray that we could just worship you today and recognize all the good things you've done in all of our stories. We pray this all in your son's name. Amen. Would you stand with us?